Okay, you ready? Yep. I'm back, and I'm better than ever. Got a knack for making things better. And hey, now everybody, we are back and better than ever. I know, I know. You're thinking to yourself. We're four weeks in. We're five weeks in. Where, where Adam and Scott? Where's the CFL podcast? Well, look no further. You found me. You see things happen. We have lives. And unfortunately, it's been hard to get in the anchor.fm studio. But here we are. Week five is upon us. We have owner of the week, game of the week, a new edition waiver wire out of the week. And of course, everyone's favorite segment, the always controversial power rankings. Last time we did power rankings, Nick was on top. But oh, how things have changed. So much to catch up on. So much to talk about. We all woke today to Yah being the whistleblower, liberal leaker of everyone texting him for Melvin Gordon. And let it be known that after I was one of those people that texted Yah about Melvin Gordon, I told him that if he did not accept my trade, that I would potentially commit suicide. And what, did, what was Yah's response? Nothing. So not only does Yab not value the trade of Melvin Gordon, he does not even value my life. But I digress. Now is when I would like to welcome the man responsible for holding up the CFL podcast the last few weeks. That's right. I said in the open that we have lies, but that's not true. I have no life at all. Hence why I was willing to kill myself over Yab not doing a trade with me. It is Scott who has the life, who has responsibilities, who has a father. Scott, please take the reins. Jeez. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello, all. Uh, that one, I wish you didn't slide that one in at the end. But uh, we are back. It has been a rough week, personally, after a 68-point um, defeat. But uh, here we are. We're back in studio. Back in the studio after a tumultuous few weeks in the CFL, as always. But things are heating up as they always do in the CFL. We have a few one and threes, a whole lot of two and twos, and a couple three and ones at the top. But as we all know, every single year, these things change all the time. And uh, I think, you know, once you're a month in, you kind of see where things are going to stack and where things are going to go. And uh, I think what you see now is not what you're going to see a few weeks from now. Yeah. I think there's so many moving parts. Um, Ray being one in three will not last. And no. I think there's a few t- two and two and even, you know, maybe a three and one team in there. And we'll discuss this a little bit later on um, that we'll be seeing the, the bottom of the barrel soon. So I'm hoping that I am not trending towards being one of those people. And I think the, this may go down as one of the craziest seasons to date. Yes, a lot to unpack. 
uh, between trades that have been made. I made a trade today for Dan, the one who knocks. Uh, I had to get rid of TJ Hawkinson. Hard to do, but uh, as we were discussing uh, before on air, sometimes when you get to this point in the uh, in the year, you start have to make decisions that you're not going to be so happy about, but necessary, or is what Vince McMahon likes to call calculated risk. I do want to mention the fact that you did just refer to the man that you just traded the third most valuable player in fantasy for uh, as Dan Knox. His name is Dawson Knox. Oh, well, I think I know a Dan Knox, so that's probably why I said that. You do know a Dan Knox. Left tackle, Cherry Hill West High School. <laughs> that's that's definitely where I know him from. Just can't put the I can't put the face to the to the name. Uh, so, Adam, obviously we talked about this a little bit before um, we got on, but I I actually do give you some credit because I think you were in a situation that was – I think you look at the trade face value and it's pretty brutal. And I think you recognize that. But I think your situation was dire in the sense that if Carson was out this week and Hawkinson was out this week, you would be lost. Two of your best players would be would be gone, and you needed to do something in order to get, um, you know, a running back solidified and a tight end situation solidified. So you took the upside. You got Alex Collins, and as much as I don't think it was a good trade, I think you did what you had to do. You ended up with Marvin Jones too, so you got an extra piece. I think it was the trade you had to make in order to stay away from being one and four, and that is why you are one of the best. Not a good trade, but a necessary trade. And I appreciate you mentioning that I am one of the best because that is true. <laughs> well, it was, listen, it was a, I, I'd say, again, if, if, if I'm grading it out, I'd, I'd probably, I was at an, at a D minus, you know, when it was first made, but I'd say, you know, all things considered, I think you make made out. Okay. I, I mean, you, 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 I don't think, again, it's not a, it's not a league winning move. You gave up huge value. But I think as far as the value that you gave up, there's some really good upside with Knox. And there is, you know, you get Alex Collins, who's going to give you a running back start this week, which you desperately needed. You couldn't afford um, to not have a running back, like a, a valuable running back start this week. So I think it was a good trade. I think it was B minus. I would give it a B minus from a D minus 30 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, and thank you to Craig Lynn for showing me the light on this trade. That, that's Fredo saying that he's smart, and I am smart too, and I want my respect. So thank you, Craig, for having my back. I appreciate that in this time of need, in, in these dark hours of the CFL, where about a week ago I was ready to just put my head down and say, you know what, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this league, fuck everything I'm, I've ever built, fuck everything I've done. But then I realized that I am the dark knight, and I've done everything, but not everything. Not yet. Is that a gladiator? That sounds like a gladiator line. No, no, no. Definitely not a gladiator line. That, that I'm listen, I'm demise and rise. I only quote two things. Demise is when I'm demising and when everyone all knows when that's happening cuz it's yeah. a lot. And then rise is, you know, dark <laughs> is from the dark night rises. You're you're demising. There's there the, the rise, <laughs> the rise gift that you sent in the group today was just well, I've been sending it for the last two and a half years. It's so good. <laughs> So good. Listen, when you have a gimmick, you have to stick to it, okay? It's called, it's called gimmick copy infringement. 
rise and demise. I had at one point copied the gimmick in my other league, trying to do the rise and demise, and it was it did not play as well. <laughs> yeah, only I'm able to perfect it. You can't steal from me. That's true. It's. I also stole Guns and Roseman at one point. And, <laughs> You're um, such a fucking piece. But then I realized that Jim, Jimmy Jimmy has no character whatsoever. So I just uh, there's just there's nothing I could emulate. Well, I used to be named after a certain uh, radio talk show host body part, but I digress. It is now time for owner of the week, the vaunted owner of the week. Now I did not discuss this with you today, Scott. I, you know I left you to your to your busy life while I vigorously typed 1,737 words for the CFL podcast, a dramatic, efficient waste of time. Anyway, I digress yet again for owner of the week. It is none other than Joel Patrick Gottlieb. Now, I know, I know, you're all thinking to yourself, oh, Joel? And I agree. I agree with your sentiment. But facts do not care about your feelings. And the fact of the matter is this. Joel picked up, and this is great that you corrected me earlier and told me that uh, Knox's name is not Dan Knox, it's Dawson Knox, because I literally typed in here Dan Knox. (laughs) As I read this, Joel picked up Dawson Knox off waivers to be his tight end, and Knox put up 18 points, ensuring a win over everyone's nightmare, Raymond Clifford Horn IV, who I might add is a piece of shit. Having said that, if Joel had not picked up Knox, he would have lost because he would have had to play Evan Ingram who only put up four points. Therefore, this week, Joel gets owner of the week, much to mine everybody else's chagrin, but a win over Ray to put Ray at one and three. That's substantial, uh, as, we, as we know how Ray is going to take off uh, for the rest of the league. And that was a savvy move by Joel. And I made this, I made this uh, earlier before I made the trade for Knox. So, you know, no, no biases here. Yeah, it's, I'd agree. I mean, Joel has, you know, Joel has proven year in and year out that he absolutely refuses under any circumstance to be in a situation where he might be in the sack. So it appears that he is heading in that direction now of making the playoffs. And uh, (laughs) Joel's in survival mode from week one. Yes. And uh, from trading away, which, by the way, a storyline that needs to be discussed. Joel at one point was was the owner of a team that had Cooper Cup and Darren Waller on. He had that on his team and he traded it for no one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, honestly, he should he should be barred from owner of the week for honestly. I forgot I forgot Darrell Henderson. So it was Darrell Henderson, Cooper Cup, and Darren Waller. He (laughs) traded for For Gus Edwards, Allen Robinson, who are both no longer on his team. Yes. And um Gus Both Edwards. back on Ray or back on Ray's team is Allen Robinson and Hunter Henry. <laughs> Was he part of that? Yeah, who's <laughs> no longer on his team either. Oh, that's funny. It's so bad. I mean, it's so. I mean, he literally gave up Darren Waller, <laughs> Darrell Henderson, and yeah. Cooper so you Cup can't you can't nothing. you can't criticize my trade. My trade today doesn't even pale in comparison uh, to that trade. Yeah, I've. Uh... I'm I'm actually having trouble every time you say the word trade, my eyes start to blur, and uh, it reminds me of our tumultuous discussions that happened. This week. <laughs> well, you said before we get into, uh, would you like me to do game of the week? And how about we do this? I'm going to do game of the week, and then I'm going to do a new edition uh, waiver wire out of the week, and then I'm going to let you go on your rant for about trading. Would you like to do that? Yes, please. Okay, let's get through this then. 
because uh, you know everybody everybody needs to everyone likes to suck their own cock in this league. Uh, everybody's everybody's getting their ribs taken out like Marilyn uh, Manson so they can suck their own cock. Not a rumor. <laughs> That's the truth. Talk to him about it. Anyway, game of the week. It was Yob versus Connor. Now you know you look you look around the league this week. Or, you know you could have you could have made the case for you versus Malardi because you guys went into Monday night. But I think it was kind of clear cut that. Uh, Malardi was going to win that game on Monday. It was not Just, a week. Yeah, no. But I'm saying like you could have made the argument for that because it, it came into a Monday night. Yep. Uh, but um, we're going with Yab versus Connor because it was the highest scored game this week between two time champions uh, and arguably the best CFL owner of all time, Connor Maloney, against the former commissioner now known as the whistleblowing liberal leaker. Uh, this was a heavyweight fight between two teams with massive outings with Yab being the victor and getting himself a must win over the vaunted Connor Maloney. So I thought that was game of the week. It was just very high scoring. It was a, a battle of juggernauts and, and Yab came out on top. Yeah, it was an unbelievable game. I think Yab is really starting to turn it around. I think uh, his team is good. His team is really good. I think it's good receivers, great receivers, which is fine. Yeah. And, and if I was him, Personally, I would be looking to package those running backs together, or or, or put a, some sort of package together to, uh, you know, get a better receiver, like you know, yeah, I don't know, DeAndre Hopkins or something. <laughs> like, Yab likes likes to hold on to his. Yab overvalues some of his players some years. I don't think he likes to make trades. Yes, apparently Saquon Barkley is uh, is is he's on the he, up and up. He's that's what he, that's what I've heard. So apparently. Uh, <laughs> Apparently that's not good enough for, for, for dear old me, but I think, you know, Yob is one of those guys, one of those teams where I think uh, he's like a Ray, he's going to have like a surge and he's going to be stuck at the top of the stand. Right. <laughs> and he's going to be stuck at the stop of the standings uh, when the year ends. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I agree with you for sure. Uh, waiver wire out of the week. This is a new segment uh, that we're going to be doing. Um, We've introduced this, and uh, since it's the first time that we're doing it, I'm going to base this base this off of who has had the best waiver wire to date uh, since we haven't been here for the last couple of weeks. But moving forward, we'll do it on a weekly basis. So, for example, uh, Ray is most likely in line to win this award next week uh, because he picked up Damian Williams. So if that works out for him, look for Ray to uh, pick that victory up for this uh, meaningless award now that David Montgomery County Clerk Sheriff's Department is out for the foreseeable future. Uh, having said that, it is Craig for his edition of Cordaro Pat Patterson, the first ever Intercontinental Champion. This <laughs> ad by Craig has helped him to secure a three-in-one spot on the season as he has faced a ton of injuries. Uh, so we're going to give that one to Craig, who doesn't win uh, many things besides elections, which makes me wonder, he must be in bed with some Russians. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how bad Craig's been hit with the injury bug. And you know a thing or two about that as well. And uh, just unbelievable how he's been able to manage through that and still pick up some wins. Now, his points against were is pretty lucky. But, uh, you know, he's, he's got, he found some diamonds in the rough there. You know, that Peyton Barber pickup a uh, few weeks back where he was able to pull off the win based off that 20-point game. Patterson looks like he might be the real deal. Out of after ten years of being useless in the NFL, which is a story <laughs> for another day. This is a Justin Forsett situation. 
and now Calvin Ridley uh, deciding that he's just not going to travel to England this week, which I honestly, I don't blame him. You know, I I wouldn't want to go either. So uh, I'm on the Calvin Ridley train as far as anti-European travel. Uh, What has England ever done for us besides try to take our independence away? Name one thing. By the way, you can't. You, I, I completely with you. I mean, listen. I mean, yeah, sure. They may have helped out in World War Two, which is why we're able to have this conversation right now. But we don't let's not let facts get in the way of our racist hearts. Yes. And there, there comes a statute of limitations with IOU ones. And, uh, you know, I think we're well we're, we're well past the uh, IOUs of them. And, exactly. You know, also, and- Alex Collins just had a carry for an abysmal one yard. It was the worst one yard carry I've ever seen. And I want to kill myself. You just said Alex out loud, and I thought you said Alec, and I got triggered. <laughs> oh, you're gay. That, that's for Alec. No, not, not nearly bad enough for the way that I'm feeling about that man right now. <laughs> you, you coward. I think the anticipation for that one. I kept was, pressing it and nothing was happening. Yeah, the, the anticipation for that one was high. After the you look pause. like a fat black man. You look like a fat black man. <laughs> That's my favorite one. I've been trying to figure out a way to incorporate it. But I, as I, I realized about five minutes in that there's going to be absolutely nothing we're talking about that is going to lead me to talk. I... I Maybe Alex Collins. See, that's where I thought that would have been a great point to add it would be, you know, about Alex Collins. He had an abysmal one yard carry. That's true. You're, you know, play, play the sound. But, um, you know, speaking of that, OJ was guilty or innocent. (laughs) Play that again. You think OJ was guilty or innocent? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Well, anyway, Scott, let's allow you to uh, go on your much needed rant, because we all know you don't have a psychiatrist, which is troublesome, because if anyone needs one, it's you. I'm sorry. That was that was mean. But (laughs) it's it's Adam. It's the reason that I get on this podcast. Alex Collins with a four yard run. I pour myself a cup of moonshine and I get on and I just vent. Why do I need a psychiatrist when I have eight dollars and a podcast on, (laughs) on, on the anchor app? That's true. So, and a sponsorship from uh, Grey Goose, distilled and imported in France. Yeah, they've been very disappointed with us as a whole. <laughs> uh, so, um, now, th- this is a little segment for today's episode um, that we'll do weekly. Adam and I usually like to take some time to rant, uh, and this week it's my turn. And yes. really, what or I like, is yours? And really, what I'd like to rant about is, first of all. I'm just going to generalize it and talk about traders in general. Again, I was going to say, I can't, I can't hear you. I might, she, she will be calling me again in very short order. So if you can't hear me, that is why, Um, but just traders in general and what it really, what it really boils down to is that you're all a bunch of fucking cowards. Okay, you're all a bunch of bitches. All right. I want to tell a story about my co-host, Adam. <laughs> the worst blue balling, worse than Alec Holmes's best day of blue right. balling. I received a text from my co-host Adam with a trade. I immediately 
declined the trade as that's trade, correct. As the trade involved Mike Evans, who I love. And then after thinking about it for a few seconds, I said, wait, actually, and this is all within, you know, the a few texts, you know, Adam had not responded to my denial yet. It was probably within a two minute span. And I said, you know what, actually, let me think about that for a second. And I started thinking about the upside of the offer. And I said, you know what, I'm two and two. I just scored 68 points. I can afford to take a risk right now. I'm going to do it. So I accept the trade. I said, Adam, let's do it. He immediately responds by telling me it was actually a horrendous trade offer and that he was no longer interested in the deal. And I said, Adam, you just offered me the trade. And he said, actually. That's correct. And then you said, actually, it's not that bad of a trade now that I think about it. And I said, it's not that bad of a trade, Adam. It's actually a pretty good trade. So let's do it. And you said, Scott, I'm going to just stay pat this week. I then decided to offer you another, another trade to keep the momentum going. Try to up the stakes. You wrote back LMAO. I just told you that I'm staying pat this week. I need to stay <laughs> pat. Not three hours later, I receive an alert on my phone. Adam has made a trade. Thus, the moral of the story being that you're all a bunch of fucking liars. And that was just heartbreaking. And I need to hear your side of the story because that was heartbreaking to me. Heartbreaking. Okay, well, well, first of all, you said all of us, but all you did was mention me. So that, let's just get that part out of the way. Yeah, no, well, there's, 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 there's multiple, but I'm, I'm, I'm for the, you're singling the, me out. I understand for the sake of time and for the sake of power right. to, to one story. I'm, I'm isolating. You You miss the taste of a woman, don't you? <laughs> so my, my, uh, you have to, you have to take into consideration that it was early in the morning as you had stated. And if you know anything about me, I'm not a morning person. And usually in the morning I make emotional or rational decisions such as, Maybe I'm going to call out of work. Just kidding. I don't do that. Or maybe, you know, I'm going to not do the things I'm supposed to today. And one of those things that I did was offer you a trade that in hindsight, after I sent you the text, I didn't like it. And then I started to play with the emotions in my head, the demons in my head that were telling me, oh, no, that is a good trade. And then I saw a video of AJ Brown doing uh, ladder work at practice. And that's when I realized that, oh no, I can't make this trade. What am I thinking? What am I doing? I'm about to make an irrational decision. I, I can't do this. And therefore we never agreed to any trade. Uh, let that be known. Like you said, you denied the initial offer. Uh, and I, I simply moved on and the trade I made today has nothing to do with our trade. So, um, you know, I'm sorry that I hurt you, but I, I think I, I, I can't make that trade because if I had made that trade, then I'd be kind of fucked. I do disagree that you'd be kind of fucked, but I will move on to tell. Well, I just want to I just want to see what A.J. Brown's going to give me before I kind of just give up on him already, because I've done that before in previous years and it, it's come back to bite me. And last year, if you remember, I was two and five and I had Devontae Adams and. I could have easily traded him when he had his hamstring injury, but I kept him. And because I kept him, I finished eight and five yet again and solidified myself in the 50 win club as a CFL member, which I don't know if any of you have known that or not. Oh, we would never know. How would we know? <laughs> but um, I would like to tell another story. But I apologize. Because I think that was a good, that was a good, I mean, I, I wish I had more to, to argue with you on, but that was just good. 
And when I really think about it, I think there was a worse thing that happened to me today, and it was with Alec Holmes. And I'm going to air out the players involved because I'm pissed. I'm pissed, frankly. And it was one of Alec Holmes's worst things that he ever did. And it's, it just goes to show how annoying it is to trade with everybody in this league. Don't be rude. Adam reached out to me after David Montgomery went down, and for some unknown reason, he didn't go all in on Damian Williams. He said, hey, Scott. I said, hey, Alec. He said, I'm looking for a running back. I said, you came to the right place. He goes, who are you willing to give up? I said, willing to have a conversation about all. He goes, Damian Harris. I go, sure. He said, name your price. I said, well, it will be pretty steep. I value Damian Harris pretty high. The only way I would consider is if it was for Williams or Chase. Time went by. Alec responded with two horrendously terrible offers. I said, Alec, I'm not doing either of those trades. I told you what I want. And he said, well, what do you want? I said, what do you mean? What do I want? I already told you. I want Damian Harris for Jamar Chase or Mike Williams. Alec responds, I had no idea you were that high on Damian Harris. I said, you mustn't be serious. I just, I said, I, I said, I just told you what it would take to get him. I, he then didn't respond. I said, I think we're close. He said, I know we're close. So I'm like, all right, great. So I was like, all right, are you like ready to do this? Because I'm shopping offers. He said, all right, what do you have in mind? I said, what do Alec Damian Harris for Jamar Chase or Mike Williams? He said, we couldn't be further apart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds like trading with Alec. I almost couldn't believe I thought he was fucking with me. I was like, there's, (laughs) I was like, there's no possible way that this could be happening where I've told him now three times, four times, Hey, this is the only thing I consider him saying we're, we're close. And then, and then, and then asking me what I, I couldn't believe my ears. I couldn't believe my ears or my eyes because I was looking at a text, (laughs) but are you sure you couldn't believe it? Because you have to remember who it is you're dealing with here. Yeah. I mean, on second thought, I should have known, but just an embarrassment, embarrassment better. An embarrassment for Alec and um, just embar- an embarrassment for the entire Combs family, frankly. <laughs> Who we know nothing about, we might uh, have to add, as we discussed on season one when we found out that Alec has a sister. But I digress. Yes. As we get in Ohio, also. Ohio! Oh, yeah, right. Ohio! <laughs> that always you... sounds like a soundboard whenever you say it like that. <laughs> that is actually me. Yes, actually, sir. no, that's actually President Biden. So, I believe he's, uh, he's in the room with me right now. President Biden, what do you think uh, about uh, me with my trade for uh, Alex Collins today? I met a Collins about a year and a half ago. And it was a Tom, Tom Collins. And he had a drink. And it went down smooth. And it was rye. And, and in the summertime, when you drink dark liquor, you make, you make bad decisions. Because I know. Because I've done them. All right? Okay, okay. Give, give me back. Give me back. Sorry about that, people. Uh, 
our unhinged president was hijacking the CFL podcast, but I am back to give you the most important segment of CFL of the CFL podcast, the segment that everybody looks forward to each week, the segment where I generally piss off about 75% of the CFL. It is time for the CFL 2.0 power rankings presented to you by anchor.fm and presented by the Australian contingency who are on the border of a crisis. Ladies and gentlemen, the people of Australia need your help. We are on the verge of World War III, and it's because of the man that I was just talking to, or excuse me, that hijacked this segment just a few minutes ago. Okay, we're, getting, we're, we're going off the deep end. <laughs> but agreed. Coming in at number 12 on this week's Power Rankings, allow myself to introduce myself. That is right. Tis I, a member of the 51 Win Club, a former CFL champion. I find myself in the midst of my full and utter demise as I try to climb my way out of this hole. Injuries have played me not only in real life, three broken collarbones, but in fantasy as well. Until my team is healthy and ready to show some consistency and stop being the 2021 Phillies, then I have a chance to make a run. Because remember, I am the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Because I know that I am, without question, the best in the world at what I do today. And you'll never, ever be the same again. Because I am better than you. And you know it. (laughs) That was incredible. Uh, But your team's not good. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on to the man who just insulted me. That's right. (laughs) Coming in at number 11. Scott Elias. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. My co-host Scott Elias finding himself at the 11th spot this week. Looks like we may be at the top of the podcast world. But when it comes to the fantasy world, we are at the dark. So keep so many miles down. Now, Scott, yes. You got off to that hot start, but you have become cooler than the other side of the pillow with the lowest points scored and the third lowest points against. That certainly isn't doing you any favors to move up in the power rankings. I still think you can make the playoffs this year, but you need to figure out that RB2 situation. Obviously, trying to make trades with Alec isn't your best course of action. And now we have a fascist ad in the middle of the fucking power rankings. This is what happens when you invite destructive leaders such as Joe Biden onto the CFL podcast. Things start changing. Things start getting crazy. But, Scott, you're number 11. That was an incredible end to that. Uh, you know, when you – I have no words. <laughs> but you agree that you, you're 11th. I'm, I'm not totally in disagreement about my location on the power. You're, you're, you're usually very self-deprecating, so I figured you wouldn't have a problem with it. Coming in at number 10. <laughs> Damn, you got the best part of the fucking song. That's Craig, the Tyrant Lynn. Now, you're probably thinking, Craig, the Tyrant, 3-1, 10th in power rankings? How could this be? Well, stop asking so many goddamn questions and I'll tell you. 
Craig's team is not one for sustainable success, in my opinion. Only 434 points for, and in the games Craig has won, he has not had to overcome very much. Week one, he only needed 99 points to beat Joey. That is low by CFL standards. In week two, he won with just 98 points. And in week three was Craig's best week so far as he amassed 138 points. But Alec started James White as his RB2 for whatever fucking reason, leaving Craig at 3-1, and 10th in this week's power rankings. I agree. I think Craig's got the straw man team, and he's in trouble. Yes. Coming in at number nine. This man has been getting absolutely panned on this episode of the CFL podcast. I would just like it to be known that I do enjoy your company and I enjoy you as a person. And that man is Alec Puffy Combs, the reigning defending CFL champion, has fallen to the nine spot after three. That's right. Three straight losses after his dominant week one performance. Alec, your receivers are elite. And with James Connor, I'm sorry, James Connor now becoming more and more relevant. Alex's squad is shaping up nicely. Alec and I are both desperate for a win this week, and we play each other. So here's hoping, Alec, that next time we do these power rankings, you are 12, and I am 9. If Alec died, no one would care. Well, that was just uh, probably the best. Well, good timing as we went quiet on the uh, music there, but I'm going <laughs> to keep moving forward. Speaking of people dying and no one giving a fuck, Chris Yab, a whistleblowing liberal leaker, comes at. I want it to be known that Yab is no longer the supreme leader. He is a whistleblowing liberal leaker coming in this week at eighth. An invasion of pri- my privacy has been raped. Chris has battled back after a rough first two weeks and dealing with Miles, definitely not Barry Sanders, putting up some nothing burgers each week. Uh, he also had to overcome 500. 21 points against, which is one of the highest in the league. So, um, you know, Yab, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than uh, you're going to have to start pricking up the pace. But I don't I, – I think Yab's one of those teams that's going to stay in the middle of the pack. Um, starting Michael, Michael Carter-Williams this week at running back two is a little worrisome, though. Uh, so, Yab will likely stay in the middle of the pack power rankings unless that position can get sorted out. But coming in at number eight in the power rankings this week, Your silence is white guilt, so I'm going to move forward to. Oh, oh, I thought no, I thought I thought you were moving on to the next one. I have, well, a, I have something lined up here for y'all. Yeah, yeah, I, I I usually like to give you, you know, your your thirty seconds. Oh, I, I, I that's why I was going to say I have a text lined up. Christopher Yob, number eight on the power rankings, sent me a text regarding. I said he said hypothetically, if I were to acquire Melvin Gordon, would you want, <laughs> he said, would you want him in a package for Camara? I said, ha 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 ha, and he said, I can't believe. The same people said the four exact. He said, "I stop." He said, "I can't believe that four people said the exact same thing to me." I do like my men, like I like my coffee, but that's besides the fact. He's just not my type. I need a man with better knees. Was was that a? I really wish I didn't get rid of the uh, soundboard so I could play the "You Look Like a Fat Black Man" uh, soundbite right now because he likes his players like he likes his coffee. I'm going to assume that means black. You would be correct. There are two places black people like to go, but and that's Walmart, Walmart and, and Six, Six Flags. <laughs> Coming in at number seven, this man also likes to go to Six Flags. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but who the hell doesn't like to go to Six Flags? He has slipped from first to seventh in the power rankings, and that is my roommate, Nick 
Millardi, the Italian stallion. He has had the benefit of facing some lowly squads to start the year with a staggeringly low points against just 371, second lowest in the league. After Nick's dominant win in week one, he only needed 95 points because, Scott, you put up a lousy 68. That was followed up by losing to Craig, who only had 98 points, and Jeremy, who had 118, which by CFL standards is very beatable. Nick, still a good team, in my opinion. I think Zach Moss was a good trade for him to help his RB2 spot after Miles Gaskin blew his gasket. See what I did there? <laughs> Incredible. And coming from the man who loves Six Flags and hates law school, I think this is an appropriate position. <laughs> coming in at number six. Two-time CFL champion, always in the mix, always has a different but effective team. Connor checking in at six this week. The combo of Hunt and Chubb have paid off for him, and Cortland Sutton has become a solid flex play. I'm going to take a book out of the Connor camp, even though I made a trade, and stay put with my team, stay patient, and embrace the mantra that inaction is sometimes the best action. You just made a trade today. So- yes, I know. Let it be known that I made that I wrote this uh, before the trade, and I, and I just mentioned that I made a trade. Uh, but after that trade, chances are of me making another trade are highly unlikely. <laughs> Incredible. Appropriate position. I think, so as of right now, our uh, 12 through 7, or 12 through 6, are exactly the same. So, uh, not different, or slightly different order, but I'm going to see how the Okay, I can live with that. Coming in at number 5, Top five, the vaunted top five, Joel Patrick Gottlieb. Not going to spend too much time on Joel because he annoys me. Just going to leave it at the fact that Joel made his way back after a terrible trade with Ray, which we got into earlier, to get himself Justin Thomas Jefferson, DeAndre Swiffer's clean swift. And I think Joel's team has the depth and starting power to be a top contender. Now he's made the trade for TJ Hawkinson. Uh, so I think Joel will make the playoffs yet again this year only to lose in dramatic fashion come playoff time because that is just what Joel does. You are, you're, I can't really hear what you're saying. Uh, you're, you're muddling through right now. So do, I'm gonna t- do you hear me better now? This is, this, that's much more clear. Thank you. you. You sound a little bit less like Helen Keller now. That's, that's weird, but uh, I agree. And Joel was also my number five. Which leads us to none other than number four this week in CFL Power. Oh, wait. Um, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, hello. And welcome back to the Andalora Files. This year, we opened the Andalora Files in week five. In week five, we find in the Andalora Files a three-in-one record. But in the Andalora Files, we also find just 346 points allowed or against. We also find unnecessary insults directed toward the lead anchor of the CFL allow myself to introduce myself in the Andalora Files. We find a team with promise in the Andalora Files. We find hope in the Andalora Files. We find 
potential. Uh, oh, gotta get myself out of there. Woo! Back to reality. Unbelievable. That was so, allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> that vortex really, really gets to you. Anyway, coming in this week at number three. This is a controversial, like most controversial top three in power rankings history. Coming in at number three, the best. One in three team in the league. Raymond, Clifford, Horner, the fourth. Ray's team is now healthy. This is where I believe Ray is going to start making us all hate Joel even more for trading his best players to him. If Ray were to show his lineup to a colleague or friend, which I'm sure he doesn't have many of, that person would say, what kind of league is this? An eight-man league? That's right. Because of Ray's trade, raping, and Brock Turner-like mentality, the first Brock Turner reference 44 minutes in to season two episode five of the cfl podcast what kind of leak is this you are breaking the fabric of the cfl in the eyes of strangers we look weak ray projected 145 this week and i don't think that is going to change over the season keep your eyes open well not to mention the fact that we do have the same top three this is our first place where we've gone totally awry because yeah. I had Ray number one. I, I, I figured you would have that. And a lot of, and, and I can see why you would have that. But coming in at number two this week. And, and don't you agree with me that if Ray were to show his team to someone else, they would be like, what kind of fucking league is this that you're in? 100%. They, 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 it's ruining the fabric of how great this league is. I agree. Okay, I started week one with Jamal Williams as my flex. You know how deep that is? So deep, so dark, so many miles down? It's... Is his team is disgusting, but it was hey, listen, it's the loss of the draw. <laughs> it's Joel Patrick Gottlieb selling his team for scraps. Same thing he did last year, coming in at number two, Jimmy Verzico. Now, I know this will surprise many. Obviously, Ray has the better team on paper, but results matter, people. Okay, hey, people, if you look at Jimmy's team, it is coming together nicely. No holes at running back, no holes at receiver, an MVP caliber quarterback, and decent bench players. Jimmy is in line for a consistent season this year. I am not. I think Jimmy's team is made of straw, but I do like the fact that <laughs> every has, year you say this. Well, I mean, what do you mean? Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Do you think he's going to have two, two, two weeks like the past two where he goes against the two worst rush defenses in the NFL? I don't think so. Uh, DJ Moore. is. He gonna- I think he'll do enough, though, to keep Jimmy in. Like, I, I don't think he's going to get less than, you know, 10 or 10 points a game. I am a James Robinson fan, so yeah, I, am, yeah. I am happy about that. Coming in at number one, the most controversial number one power ranking in CFL history. As a matter of fact, it's so controversial that even when I was doing this today, I said, there's no fucking way that this person is number one in power rankings. What the hell am I doing? But this man has the most points for at 535. He has been crushing his opponents, despite some question marks. That man is Brett Favre's dick pick. Staying at number one, will he stay at number one? Absolutely fucking not. And I think that Brett Favre's dick pick's team is actually going to, of all of our teams, dramatically fall. Having said that, he's done enough through four weeks to be the number one ranked team. He's three and one. He has the most points for. He's on a three-game win streak, and that has to be acknowledged. So, Jeremy... Enjoy it while it lasts. 
because just like Scott in the bedroom, it ain't gonna last long. No. <laughs> Jerome, the new heel, 100% deserving, was number two in my power rankings. He, his team is so good. So good. Yeah, and even with uh, the injury, um, you know, he, he was smart. He got P. Ryan in there. So, um, you know, I, I, I like Jeremy's team. And he's got, um, he's got, uh, the, I mean, getting Debo to yes. be able to come in and replace Robert Woods as Robert Woods starts to figure himself out like a 13 going on 14 year old girl. <laughs> wow. Controversial. But, you know, I can, concur, I can concur that that is true. Hey, listen, I had two sisters. That's the age. And mm. they are, they figure themselves out from 13 to 14, and then they become, you know, who they are, you know, and start to grow <laughs> in that age. And that is Robert Woods currently. Well, currently the Seattle Seahawks are in the red zone. I think we should stay live here for my rea- – let's do live reactions. Seahawks in the red zone. When you listen to this, this game will have been over, and we will know how I feel. Russell Wilson to the end zone. That is caught by DK Metcalf for a touchdown. Yob getting the first touchdown for Thursday night football. And I think that uh-huh. is the perfect way to wrap up this week. Scott, do you have anything left to say before we sign off? I try to trade for DK Metcalf. Oh, my God. I'm so upset. Oh, my God. Me and Yob had a oh, – I can't talk about it. but and I, and I also am upset because I drafted A.J. Brown over DK Metcalf. And Should not have done that. And DeAndre Hopkins. Well, Hopkins has been kind of, uh, you know, fine. He's been very good, an elite receiver. Uh, let's move. <laughs> let's 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 move on. Let, shall we wrap it up? Yes, it's fun, and we'll be back um, again. It's been tough because just trying to get our schedules on the same page. Um, but this episode will be out by the time that you are on your commute to work on uh, Friday, and yes. we will be back next week. That is right. We will be back next week. He is Scott Elias. I am Adam Falcone, and we are out of time.